0: Welcome to How To Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. You've got questions, we've got answers. We're midway through season three and on today's podcast, We're opening up the listener mailbag and answering your burning questions.
1: On the episode today, some of the questions we will answer include what to do about Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday, sharing the same day on the calendar, how to tackle big books, what we love about living in Denver, and how Kevin and I knew we were called to marriage. You won't want to miss it, so stay right here. No, we already played the intro, but I have another intro.
0: Okay. Yeah. Let's, hear, let's hear it. Just a minute. It's the email. The email. What what the email? Hi strong bud. You like techno at all? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what I feel like we're doing today.
0: <laughs> I see the fun part is that you played that, but earlier, a couple hours earlier, independently without knowing that, I too wanted to open up with those lines for with our q Do you know yeah. what
1: makes me so sad, though, is I know there are listeners right now going, what was that?
0: It, it doesn't make me sad, Lisa, because we have the joy of being able to share Strong Bad <laughs> with them <laughs> and for them to discover just the amazement that and the wonder that that, I don't know what you call it, online cartoon can bring.
1: Yes. So for those of you who don't know, you need to understand uh, that was a clip from Homestar Runner. Yep. And if you don't know what Homestar Runner is, you need to look it up because they were way ahead of their time when it came to Too far ahead. the internet.
0: Yep. Like when we were in high school, Homestar Runner was the stuff. There's was like, no
1: YouTube, but you would go to HomestarRunner.com and they yeah. put up videos. Uh-huh. And one of them is this character who did weekly emails, which is what we're doing today. Yeah, that's right. We're answering emails and Instagram what, what? and Twitter questions. That's right. Because technology has advanced since Strong Web, but he would totally be answering Twitter questions, if they were still making Strong bed. It's true. And I kind of wish they were.
0: But you actually, I think they're making new Strong Beds. Are they? Yeah. No. Oh. So go check it out, kids, if you don't know the Homestar Runner.
1: If you don't know what we're talking about. Okay, before we dive in, though, I want to quickly say, Lent is coming up. It is. And we want to invite you all to consider during Lent, if you need something to do for Lent, Doing the dating detox. It's legit. It is the perfect time to do your detox. And if you do the dating detox during Lent, it's all you need to do. We will cover everything for you. Outside of what the church asks you to do, like not eating meat on Friday, stuff like that. But it, it will cover everything that you need to do during Lent. And we're still trying to figure it out, but we will have a closed group again. So in the past, last Lent, we did a closed Facebook group. And we got on Facebook every day and left um, kind of like backstories, answered questions. We just kind of hung out with those who were doing the detox during Lent last year on Facebook, yep. which was awesome. But y'all aren't on Facebook anymore. So.
0: You got all Southern there. I, I really did. enjoyed that. Y'all y'all, y'all aren't, aren't on around, around them Facebooks. My
1: mom lives in Texas. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, but we're trying to figure out if we could do it on Instagram. So, stay tuned. We're going to have a private group either on Facebook or Instagram somehow. Because I like Instagram better than Facebook anyway. Yeah. So, take stay that, tuned. Take that Facebook, to
0: bad you're <laughs> owned by, Mark. Instagram's owned by Facebook. Uh, whatever. <laughs>
1: uh, so, check out, yeah, just, just keep your your... Eyes and ears peeled. We will give you more information, but if you want to do the detox during Lent, now's the time to purchase the book so it arrives on time. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Lighthouse Catholic Media. You can get it at Ignatius Press. You can get it at EWTN's Religious Catalog.
0: You can buy it from our basement if you're at our house.
1: <laughs> if you're at our house. <laughs> and we should also share that on, on Thursday, we're going to be on EWTN. That's right. On Jim and Joy with Jim and Joy. And yeah. it's a live broadcast.
0: Oh, that's right. So
1: you can call in and talk to us.
0: See, what we're doing on this podcast, you can do live and with video.
1: And with Jim and Joy.
0: And with Jim and Joy.
1: Yeah. So we'll put notes in the show notes for how to uh, call in if you want to call in or you can just watch it live too.
0: Seriously, if we're getting questions, it'd be great to have really great questions. So.
1: And from people who we have like a connection with.
0: Yeah. So So please, that's like, that'll make the show so much, yeah, even better. If you called in, that would be so fun. Yeah, that was great. So it
1: okay we should get to the questions that they sent now
0: question number one
1: we're starting off serious here
0: if you could erase one song from the current songbook at your parish which song would it be and it says no why or explanation needed and this is from lm lazari one
1: on instagram yes okay um because this legitimately happened last weekend, not at my parish, but at another parish. People, I don't think this is legal. Even I don't
0: think it's in the song I don't, book.
1: I, know it was.
0: Oh, it had go to on. Have been.
1: Anyways, no joke, people. They played "Kumbaya."
0: <laughs> it happened
1: at mass last <laughs> weekend.
0: It was surreal. It was like this can't, this can't actually be sung. Like, how can we actually be singing this?
1: That's like playing a Beatles song during mass. It's just not. You just don't.
0: Yeah, there you go. There's your song. Mine. I have so many. There are really so many I could choose from. Uh, I think the "Let Us Build the City of God." Uh I think that one's up there That's for me. About
1: Saint Augustine.
0: No, I don't think it is. And our tears will not turn into dancing because <laughs> that doesn't even make sense.
1: Brightly with twirling. I.
0: Yeah, I just there's so many lyrics and nature symbolism of weird. Mm. Yeah, I just mm. can't do that one.
1: I haven't heard that in a long time. Well, it does. It does come up here and there. All right. So there you go. First question. The
0: the light, the night has not turned into the day lately for you. (laughs) Done.
1: Okay. Now for a serious question. Okay. This question is from Twitter from revab3569. And they ask approximately how often do you receive the sacrament of reconciliation? And how has this sacrament benefited your spiritual life?
0: That's a really good question. I This is one of the areas of my spiritual life, to be honest, that I could get better at. And I've been trying to get better at it for a long time. I think my goal would be go once a month. That definitely doesn't always happen. Uh, but I think for me, reconciliation is great because it um, particularly reminds me that I need to rely on God's grace and not my own power. And so I think there's just something very vulnerable when you confess your sins, uh, receive God's grace in a very powerful way that you just remind yourself it's not all on me. Like God, God is very much in the picture and it's his grace that helps me. And so I definitely need more of that. And I, that's, that's a huge benefit of reconciliation for me.
1: So I sin more than Kevin. So I go every (laughs) two weeks is the goal. (laughs) Um.
0: I don't know if that (laughs) statement's true, but it is, you do a great job at going to confession.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I've had seasons where I do a really good job. So my spiritual director is the one who's like every two weeks, Lisa, that's, That's the goal. And I've had seasons where I've done really well with that. And then typically when there's a holiday break or we, we get out of routine, that's when I lose it. So I have not been in two weeks. It's been more than two weeks at this point. And then it gets hard for me to go back again because then I have Mm. to like admit that I failed.
0: The shame, the shame gets you. Yeah. Yeah. The Shame
1: about not getting rid of my shame. So shameful. (laughs) (laughs) It's shameful. So how does it spiritually benefit me? I, I just know when I'm in my routine of going to confession every two weeks that I'm just more keenly aware of my spiritual life because I'm paying attention more. Because I know well, I'm going to go in two weeks again, and so I want to pay attention to the sins. or, And sins is the right word, but, but really those things that are separating me from God. Mm. That's the way I look at it. Not like, did I break this commandment and this technicality? Let's get all legalistic. No, it's what's keeping me from union with God and that's that's what I bring to confession and they are sins but it's not like a tally marking it's just hey here's where I'm failing to allow the Lord more deeply into my life because of these things that I'm doing that are keeping him away from me yeah So that's great and we have a whole episode actually on confession called how to confession that's right <laughs> season 2 episode 15 and I think my favorite story about that um, episode is that Kevin's mom one time sent us a message <laughs> And she has a Bible study that she does. And the priest was supposed to come and talk about confession. And at the last minute, he had like a sacramental emergency or something. Couldn't come. So they all listened to our podcast on confession. (laughs) She's like, thanks for saving the day. (laughs) We're like, oh, that's awesome. So there you go. You can check that out if you want even more on confession.
0: Nice. Question number three, Lisa, are you ready? Yes. This question comes from Megan from the email, the email, what, what, the email.
1: Old school. I love it.
0: And she asks, as a lover of Valentine's Day and also a lover of living by the liturgical calendar, how do you suggest celebrating Valentine's Day this year since it falls on Ash Wednesday?
1: Yes. This is not the first time that's happened.
0: No, it's weird because, yeah, Ash Wednesday is on Valentine's Day and Easter's on April Fool's Day. And that has happened recently, but that's pretty it odd. It has. Like, in yeah. the
1: past 10 years, for sure, that's happened. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember I wrote a blog post once that was like, don't let your single life be your first penance on Valentine's Day slash S Wednesday or something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It was much more cleverly written. But that is such a great question because it is an odd thing that typically doesn't happen but has happened lately a couple times. So I would say... The, well, first of all, our bishops don't give us, like, a dispensation and say, well, since it's Valentine's Day, you don't have to actually fast. You don't have to actually abstain from meat, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's there's no, like, lifting of that. So we need to follow, because because our, our faith should trump our secular celebration always, we need to be following what the church teaches. So Ash Wednesday needs to be Ash Wednesday. But I totally... Feel for you because it's like oh, but it's Valentine's Day and there's there's so much sentiment that's wrapped up in the holiday, um, and so much nostalgia even for a lot of us. So I would say just to celebrate Valentine's Day Eve, and let Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras also be your Valentine's Day sub- celebration. So if you want to make treats or send cards, I mean, you can send a card on Valentine's Day. That's fine. But if you want to have treats or something like that when we're fasting, obviously you shouldn't be eating chocolate between meals on Ash Wednesday. So I would say let the Tuesday before the eve be the day that you really celebrate.
0: Yeah. Totally makes sense to me. I don't know too much to add. That was great. But That's good great. question. I thought that was great.
1: So happy Valentine's Eve. All right. Next question is from Curl, And she says... What is the best way to conquer very large books with lots of information? She says, "I'm thinking about reading E. S. Stein, but I'm slightly intimidated." And we kind of had a similar question too. Somebody else had asked it about a very large book that they're trying to read, specifically the Bible. So we're kind of putting these together. So Angelica, haha, yeah, says, "I'm trying to read the Bible, but I have no idea where to begin. How do I read the Bible?" So we're gonna answer those together
0: yeah how to read big books it's kind of the category of questions i really like these questions um on edith stein there's a couple different ways you could go i think one thing is is there you could read a big book by edith stein that would be fantastic is there an author out there who helps summarize edith stein who helps helps you understand the, the author a commentary as you go um i think of something like love and responsibility by carol john paul the great um you know and then a book like that Shree has on men, women, and the mystery of love that helps provide a commentary to walk you through that. Do you mean Doctor Shree? I did Dr. mean Doctor Ed- Edward Shree. P. Shree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't want to
1: confuse anybody.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, um, so uh, you know, I think trying to look at that. I also think it's really cool if you do just go after a big work of hers. I think sometimes in our modern world like we we want everything fast and quick and very practical and feel very accomplished when we go through things. It's like I read this book and it helped me do this thing and now I'm a better person and like it's all fit and tidy. And I think that there's something about going through a large book, especially philosophically, and being like, yeah, I'm not quite sure about all of it and it haven't hasn't solved an immediate problem and I'm still trying to figure things out like that can be a good in itself, just to, to be in a state of wonder, uh, even puzzlement, to not feel like you have to accomplish something every time you sit down and do something. I think all those things can be good. Um, you can also read the commentary. Those those are good. But I also think there's just something to reading a big book and trying to digest it over a long period of time that's hard, that, that could be really good, too. See, that's the
1: <laughs> I'm laughing over here, because that's such a melancholic answer, <laughs> like... Well, you know, you just like, you know, think about it and process it. Enjoy the pain. And the choleric in me is like, you get a chart out and and you take the number of pages that the book is (laughs) and you divide it by your goal. So if you want to read it in 12 months, (laughs) 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 we can give two approaches here. See, this is what would motivate me is, yeah. is to have like a chart and know like I want to read X amount of pages a week or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And then kind of reward myself for achieving that goal. What At kind of rewards of week,
0: would you give yourself?
1: It usually involves sugar.
0: <laughs> Good.
1: Something of the sort. Something yeah. Something sweet. Or um, uh, another thing that I would say, uh, well, although I think physically reading a book is always best. I'm a huge believer in audiobooks just because that's the reality that I live in is I'm in the car quite a bit. Yep. driving kids around um, or going to pick up kids or whatever. And if I have my audiobooks, then I can listen. So I would check out and see, I don't know if Edith Stein's book would be on, what is the name of that website? We've shared it before. Um,
0: oh, the free Catholic book website?
1: Librobox. box. Yeah, I think we'll so. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of great Catholic classics that are there for free. And it's just people who have volunteered their time to put the classics into audiobooks. So you could check out and see if it's there. And maybe you don't only listen to it on audio, but maybe that helps you kind of get through some some patches. It just depends on what your style is, but that would be another way It's so, It's it. so
0: funny that, one, you have a different style, but also today I made a goal for how many pages I want to read for the year oh. and how many hours of audiobooks I want to listen to. And then I made a chart for every single month, and then I'm going to track Are my progress... Joking? As I go through I'm not joking. This is a real thing I did today at the office. Do
1: you want me to get you star stickers?
0: I'll take anything I can get for a reward. There you go. Yeah. So five thousand pages and fifty hours of audio.
1: For twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Nice.
0: So we'll see. Through January, I'm on track. Good work. So I'm okay, expecting what about the Bible? I'm expecting stars soon. Okay. Bible, yeah. So the Bible is a great book. I think uh, the classic is a lot of times people try to open up and they read Genesis, it's really interesting, and then Exodus, and you've got, you know, Moses, and you get to Leviticus, and it's just all laws, and maybe you get through that, and then Numbers and Deuteronomy, just you get to the point where, like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, this is really difficult. So um, Jeff Cavan's Bible Timeline is a real gift. Um, You can go through that as a Bible study. I have a Bible study on Focus called The Story of Salvation that walks you through the covenants that can be helpful. If you're just trying to read scripture, Jeff has a great uh, page on how to walk through and how to read the narrative books of the Bible so you get the main thread of the story. There are certain books in the Bible that really are about the story and carrying that story forward, and other books that serve different purposes, like Leviticus doing laws for priests and things like that. So we're going to put that uh, website in the show notes uh, to help you Uh, with your reading. But if you just literally like, I just want to read through the Bible and understand it, it's really good to figure out which books am I going to read. Um, Also, we have episodes on this. So we have How to Scripture, which is season two, episode 18. So if you're just like, how do I read the Bible? Like, What does it mean to read it and interpret it and understand it? That's a great episode. And then we just went through Salvation History, uh, that's season three this season, episodes three through five. So that'll give you a big narrative approach as well to try to help you understand what is happening
1: yeah and it might be good to listen to that before you dive in then when you get to certain characters you can uh, kind of have a a framework for them as opposed to just like is this person important or am I going to hear from them again what's going on can kind of help out
0: sweet sweet
1: okay it's time for our st. quote to live by take a little one minute break here from our questions and our quotes to live by. I really hope we haven't done this one before because there's like a little part of me that feels like we have, but I could be wrong here. It's a favorite so we can use it again. And it is, I am not afraid I was born to do this. And that is by St. Joan of Arc. I just love that quote. It's just such a good reminder that God created us with a unique plan unique gifts unique talents and we don't have to be afraid of his call in our life like we were born to do this we were born to live lives of greatness to live lives striving for virtue for excellence we were born to become saints and we don't need to be afraid of that call or feel inadequate because ultimately it's God who will be working through us and and because I can't give this quote without giving a little um a highlight here. A friend of mine, Beth Shree, she just started a new website called borntodothis.org. And she's talking all about motherhood and the vocation of marriage. And she is Dr. Edward Shree's wife. She's phenomenal. So you got to go check her out and check out her websites. A little more on that for you.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. So yeah, huge recommendation.
1: Fantastic. Next question. Back to the questions.
0: Lisa, our next question. What is your favorite part about living where you live?
1: Yes, well, we live in Colorado. And my favorite part about living in Colorado is the weather. Oh. Mm -hmm. Most people think, oh, Colorado, it snows a lot and it's cold. Uh, Not really. It's in the 50s all week right now, and we're in the first week of February. Mm-hmm. We've had about three snows, because it's desertous here. So up in the mountains, yeah, tons of snow. Yep. We get dumps every so often, but we get sunshine mm-hmm. most days. We see the sun. And so the snow just melts. And, I mean, my kids, were all our kids. Our kids. Yeah, they're mine we're too. We're out running around all afternoon today in their jeans and sweatshirts. No big deal.
0: yeah. That's a good one. How about you? A L- lot of sunshine. I think uh, my favorite part is probably the people. I think just in Denver, there's so many amazing Catholic people, whether it be at the seminary or just some amazing priests we have. Uh, just so many awesome uh, people at our parish. Friends, focus. You have Steubenville people here, August Institute. Like so many great things happening and so many just great people around that. Um, yeah, I think it's just a great it's amazing all the people you run into and all the things that are going on. It's a, it's a real gift uh, to be around for sure.
1: Very true. All right. Next question comes from Clarice, who is currently living in Innsbruck, Austria. Wowzers, Which, Clarice. If you've not connected with our focus missionaries in Austria, you should, because we've got two Austria campuses in focus,
0: Vienna and Graz.
1: I have no idea if those are close to Innsbruck. You might be laughing right now because <laughs> they're like five hours away. But hey, you know, they're in the same country as you. She's currently teaching there, and here's her question. She says, how do you pray to the saints? There are lots of great resources out there as far as prayer cards and novenas and such, but I'm specifically wondering how a person creates their own prayers. I'm concerned with praying to the saints, asking for their help, instead of directing my prayers rightly towards God. Good question.
0: This is a good question. I feel like there's a few different ways I could go. Um... I think the first one is probably think about your last statement, you know, you're concerned about asking for their help instead of directing my prayers towards God. I think what I try to tell people, especially non-Catholics, when they ask about the saints is, all right, well, do you ever like ask your friends to pray for you? They're like, yeah, of course, all the time. You're like, well, why is it weird that we ask saints to pray for us? They're just our friends who ask has to pray. I mean, like, why would you ask if you're against the saints praying, for you, why why would you ask your friend? Like, why wouldn't you just go directly to God? So, like, I think there's just some natural um, sense there of, okay, yeah, I can ask other people. It's good to have multiple people praying for, for me. I think when it comes to the saints, a really key thing that I like to do is really get to know that saint, really read their story, understand them, understand their background. I think what the saints provide for us is just such a great example that as we go through our life, that we see their story. And we can see our story and see the similarities. And as we're pursuing holiness, we see their model of when they pursued holiness. And then we realize, oh, okay, they were just like me. They got in situations where it looked like there was no success. They got in situations where for years they toiled and nothing happened. Or they got those moments where they were able to reach out or whatever it might be. And we can really see that and sense that. And I think in those moments... Uh, it's great to recall them and great to call those stories and then ask for their intercession, just like you would a friend. Like if you have a, a friend that you know that is going through a similar thing, it's so natural to reach out to that person and say, as you're thinking of them saying, hey, can you pray for me? I know you went through X or Y or Z. I'm going through the same thing right now. Would, would you pray for me? And I think that's what we can do with the saints as well.
1: Yeah, and I think just a practical example of that, because later the question goes on, and she can ask like, "Well, what's the correct way to formulate a prayer like this?" Is really, it's it, it, to me, it's it's just kind of a conversation with them. Like, it doesn't have to be something that's wrote and fancy. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking off the top of my head here, with the Lux Conference coming up, which we've been sharing on the podcast about that Leah and I are doing, uh, we've chosen as our patron for the conference Saint Fotina, who's the woman at the well. That's the the name that the Eastern mm-hmm. Church has given her. And so many times Leah and I will be like, St. Fotina, like help us out girl. Like Mm -hmm. we need, we need this. Like, will you please go tell Jesus, you know him so well and you're with him.
0: Mm.
1: Let him know. Like, here's, we're leaving it like in your hands to go to our Lord for us. And, and we're going to, we trust like you're going to be praying for us. And we know that there's going to be grace coming from that. So it's just like you would say it to a friend when you ask a friend to pray for you, it's the same, same thing. It's just asking a saint to pray for you. So it, it doesn't have to be fancy.
0: And usually when you're, you're asking your friends to pray for you, you usually find the holiest one, right? You're like, who's the holy one that talks to God? Like that's who I want to ask. The same thing with the saints, they're next to God, they're in heaven, that's what we're asking them to pray for us, so I think that's a really good thing. And we need, by the way, we don't have a patron saint of this podcast. We don't. And we need one. That'd be cool. Yeah. So we should think about that, and we can announce it later.
1: Patron saint of cholerics? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there is one. Okay, what's well our next question, Kevin?
0: Our next question is, this one comes from Adela Danner, and it is, how and when did you know God was calling you and Kevin to marriage? What what were some discernment techniques you used?
1: This is such a great question. I feel like we could do a whole episode on this just because, you know, who doesn't like talking <laughs> about their love story?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and we have done an, a whole episode on yeah, decision-making, That's discernment. That's true. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we should say that first. So we do have an episode um, on discernment. And there's a, there was actually another question, kind of the same thing, like, how do you know if you're following God's will for you by Delia, which is really fun. She's got a bunch of Ds at the front. And so we do have a whole episode on how to decision-making. It's season one, episode 10, although it's not quite labeled that way it's just how to decision making where we walk through how do you discern through decisions so check that out i'll give you way more details but i did want to answer this first part of how did you know god was calling you and kevin to marriage as i get that question a lot like how do you know they were the one
0: i mean but with me it was really easy right well
1: that's just it is it, 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 <laughs> I'm it w- just kidding. but it was and that's the that's the hard part about my answer is because it's. I, I think that the, what you're looking for actually is not a formula. Like there mm-hmm. isn't one way. Because we have friends who, getting to the point of knowing that this was who they wanted to commit the rest of their life to in the sacrament of marriage, was a fight, and it was hard to get to that spot. Yep. Whereas for us, I had just I had known Kevin for so long. We had been friends. We'd met in high school. I'd seen him around children, I'd seen him at around his family, I'd been to his house, we'd worked together, we'd had so many different facets that we were able to interact with each other that I really knew your character mm-hmm. and I really knew what I would be saying yes to. And so when you asked me out on a date that first time, it was very easy for me to say yes because I knew the person, to the extent that you can as a friendship, I, yeah. I knew you well enough to feel confident in that. And, um, and then what I really knew the, the kicker for me really was when, um, I spent a semester in Argentina and I was, sir, I took a semester off college. I was serving, doing foreign mission at a home for banded children in rural Argentina. And we were apart for three months and I didn't have a cell phone and mm-hmm. there was no real internet access. So yep. we barely communicated for those three months. And so when I came home from Argentina, I knew that I could live without Kevin. I'd physically done it. I didn't die, you know, but (laughs) I also knew wouldn't have that been I died of of a broken heart. No. Um, but I also knew that I didn't want to, if I didn't have to, I knew that I didn't want to. That's
0: so poetic.
1: I know. I love you.
0: Yeah. That's great.
1: Uh huh. So that was that really for me. So, so if you want to know if you should marry someone, (laughs) just, just like separate from them completely. I'm just Mm -hmm. kidding. Um, that was just our circumstance. And it, it, it gave me great confidence to know, like, yeah, Like this really is, I I didn't miss like holding your hand or, you know, I did, but you know what I really missed. And the only way I can describe it is I missed Kevin's soul. And I I don't know quite how to explain that. I just missed him. Not like the presence of a boyfriend or the good feelings. Like I just missed being with him.
0: Yeah. I think, um, obviously you can't just be like, all right, whenever you're dating someone, like go somewhere for three months. But I think what it did, what the biggest thing that reminds me is, at some point in time you got away from the emotion of a relationship Mm -hmm. and you got more to like a thought of, is this so? Like, is this, is this what I want to happen? You know? And I think that's good for everyone. That's why it's great that people date for a certain period of time because you have to get over the emotion. You have to have difficult times. You have to have points where you're like, I'm not real happy with you, but that doesn't mean rationally I don't want to be with you. It's just difficult right now. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. have all the warm fuzzies or whatever it might be, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that's really, that can be really helpful. And I I think with a lot of this, a lot of it's just natural discernment. Like you named a lot of great things. Like I knew Kevin's character. I had seen him over a long period of time. I'd been to his house. I had met his family. Like I knew his friends, you know, like all those things are just really natural, helpful things in discernment. um, That I think sometimes we can over spiritualize it and be like, I just prayed about it. And prayer is really good. I'd, highly recommend it, but our brains are also really good in trying to just think through some very natural things as well.
1: All right. Good question.:
0: Our next, next question
1: Next question. I'm Th- answering this one.: yeah. Oh,
0: that is your name next mm-hmm. to the question.
1: That sure is. All right. So this comes from General Big Knox, as in like Fort Knox there. Will you talk more about your work with young adults in focus? Do you spend a lot of time on campus? What does your day-to-day schedule look like? Question mark. And there's also kind of a question of how does one begin to become a missionary? So we kind of tied those together.
0: Yeah. So focus. Good. So um, I work for focus at our headquarters here in Denver. And so I am not on campus. I work in an office building.
1: Anymore. We were. Yeah, Yeah. For, two,
0: yeah. for two years we were on campus. Um, a little bit more when I worked on the digital campus. Uh, but yeah, so work in an office building. So I have a pretty normal work schedule, uh, you know, 830 to 530 kind of thing. Um, we spend a lot of time with our, our missionaries, particularly at our staff trainings is probably where we encounter um, our staff the most and then find other times to, to go to campus. I'd say the biggest way that I live out the mission outside of a, in an office building is just to do our mission within a parish setting. And so really trying to uh, do outreach, trying to do Bible studies, trying to do discipleship um, in the parish as well. And so that's where I feel like our our mission with Focus takes place in a more like missionary sense. I always say everything we're doing is, is missionary, but that kind of act of apostolate happens in our parish.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in becoming a Focus missionary, you can just go to... I'm pretty sure focus.org slash apply probably would take you there. Mm-hmm. If we're smart, that's, that's what it would be. We can put that in the show notes as well. And they are still doing interview weekends right now. Uh, just a couple more as we're wrapping up our hiring season. Um, but focus hires several or a couple, I should say a couple hundred new missionaries every year, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy how much hiring we do, um, for our organization. So you can check that out there. Okay. So that was our last question.
0: And so we're now on to the how-to challenge.
1: That's right, how-to challenge.
0: It's kind of interesting because we've had a lot of different topics today, um, and this has been a Q&A. So I thought one of the best challenges, um, and it just reminded me as we went through this episode, was just the ability to ask questions. I think you're building a conversation as you're getting to know people, or even if people that you know. It could even be relatives, um, could be old friends. But just the ability to ask people questions, I think, can really open people up. And just a reminder as we're answering these questions and having so much fun thinking of the answers and picking them out, people like to talk about themselves. People like to be asked, and it's really honoring to ask people questions about themselves to say, hey, what are you- Or advice, like questions of advice. Yeah. And so I think um, that's just a great tip in life if you ever want to get to know someone better or if you ever want to just honor someone, to ask them questions and engage them in conversation really make- then the spotlight of that conversation through those questions I think um is really great so
1: yeah yeah let's make it super practical and we're gonna challenge you this do you week.
0: mean practical or choleric I'm just super joking choleric. go ahead
1: <laughs> same thing same thing choose somebody important in your life and ask them a very specific question about something that you don't know about them already mm-hmm. and get to know them a little more
0: yeah that so was great that was really good
1: great Well, hey, everybody, thank you so much for sending in your questions. It was so fun to get them all. I wish we could have answered them all, but we do not have enough time to do that. Um, But we really appreciate you taking the time to send us your questions over. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being our awesome listeners. We love you. All right. That is our show for today. Thanks for listening in. If you want to connect with us, our email is hello at made to magnify.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or Lisa Ann Cotter and with no E. And as always, if you've enjoyed this show, please give it a rating on iTunes. It really does help us out. Uh, add it to your podcast subscriptions, tell a friend. All these fun things get the word out about the How to Catholic Podcast. Until next week, be saints. It's worth it.